You're listening to a podcast by the BCG Henderson Institute, BCG's Think Tank. In this series, hosted by fellow Dave Young, we'll interview business leaders and explore how companies can build competitive advantage by creating a sustainable world. Now on to our episode. So today we're excited to have with us Amanda Suri, who was the Unilever president of North America, and more importantly, has a long history and insight into perhaps one of the most iconic corporations as a pioneer in working toward, through the corporation, sustainability and social impact. And so we are really pleased, Amanda, to have you joining us today for you to share a little bit of that journey and some of your insights as we talk through what Unilever has been doing, how it got started, what you have seen as success, then maybe for you to forecast a bit more outside of the scope of Unilever, but more where you think all this needs to go. And Amanda, from the beginning, what was sort of the driving motivation for it? Why did Unilever start? What was it that was the spark? Certainly Paul's leadership, but what was actually the spark to it all? You know, purpose really is in the DNA or the, the blood of, of Unilever. If you go back to what Lord Lever Hume was trying to do in the time of Victorian Britain, it was about making cleanliness commonplace, All right, interestingly, given everything that's going on today, but really had this vision for a bar of soap which was beyond only the fact that it was packaged and that it, it smelt good, but that it really could address the major diseases of the time, which were around illnesses that were as a result of lack of hygiene. And, and Unilever still today has some amazing, amazing campaigns around hand washing in, in the developing market. And, and I'm, I've been really pleased to see everything that they've been doing in the last few months around hand sanitizing everywhere in the world as well. So Purpose was there from the beginning. And there are many moments, if you look at that company over time, where you can see an understanding that business was not there only to make corporate profit. I think that the vision that Paul brought to the company when he came was that we were going to be a performing business. I think we need to be very clear about the fact that this was not only around we're going to deliver on a Unilever sustainable living plan, but equally we were going to be a performing business. And I think a big part of the Unilever story over the decade has been around not only sustainability, but in fact around the business results that were driven as well. Were there points at which you sort of wondered about whether or not you could get to this bigger ambition? And what were some of the unlocks? Was it a partnership? Was it a technology? Was it looking at the business just differently? What was it that allowed you to not just see the potential, but bring it about culturally, organizationally, operationally? What were the unlocks? So, I don't think that you have to make the choices on this kind of a transformation without having some moments where you wonder whether you're going to get there or not, right? There were moments when some of the things that we committed to looked incredibly expensive. And this doesn't all come for free, and I'd be misleading if I said it would. I, I would say that in many of these kind of systems transformations that I've been involved in, the end costs 
have been lower than they perhaps looked at the first time a team came back and said, well, you asked for this and this is how much it's going to cost us. And I guess it's one of those sort of classic Clay Christensen things where the model that you're in is so optimized that the model that you're trying to get to will never be on an apples with apples basis when you compare it. But actually, when you start really doing the due diligence on it, you found ways that it may still be a bit more expensive, but not of the kind of order of magnitude that was being quoted in the beginning. So that was that was quite important to learn. One of the other areas that was hard was around those things that were outside of direct control. So the areas where you had them completely within your gift, for example, that nothing within our own manufacturing operations will go to landfill, we're able to deliver. The things that required consumers to change their habits, wash at lower temperatures, spend less time in the shower, have less hot water in the shower, were much, much harder to achieve. And there is still work to be done in all of that. But a very important part of this transformation was the personal element of purpose that everybody brought to the table as well. And again, one of the things that, especially during COVID times, everybody is talking about and what is the purpose of business, but I think relatively breakthrough still at the moment that Unilever started really exploring purpose and to say that not only did the business need to have a purpose, but we needed to have purposeful leaders who understood why they were here in the world, what kind of impact they were going to have, and how did they bring their purpose to what they did every day as well. And that inner journey, I would say to anybody who is thinking about what their transformation far as sustainability or ESG is going to be, is at least as important as if you like the hardwiring of exactly how are you going to get to this set of targets that you've laid out. What's the next frontier for, do you think, for sustainable business model innovation? Where does innovation have to happen now? You know, the more kind of catching up to the Unilevers, what's the next big step? So I think the the first step is really reframing what, what business is all about. I, I think that process was already well underway, whether it was through the kind of commitments that companies like Unilever and others had made, whether it was through a different kind of corporation. When you look at B Corp, for example, as a model, particularly for smaller and mid-sized businesses, around how they view themselves and they view their role in society, or whether it was through the commitment from the Business Roundtable last year. But I think this recognition that business cannot just be there to create profit for a few. There is no way that that is going to be sustainable for that business actually, let alone for society at large. I really do think that the next frontier is around businesses thinking around what really the hard problems for society are, whether that is at the level of of human health, whether it's around the planet, and looking at how does their business model actually address those. 
I still believe that the Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, are a fantastic framework for businesses to look at. And they're still as relevant today as they were when they were first launched. And to really think about what is my business doing to be able to address one of these, or in fact, because they tend to be interrelated, one or more of these. And if you can't answer that question, I think you've got to ask yourself as a business leader, you know, what, what am I really doing here? This podcast was part of our series on building advantage in a sustainable world. For more information on this and other topics, follow the BCG Henderson Institute's research online at bcghendersoninstitute.com and our podcast series on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.